Good morning. It is Friday, December 1st, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Well, it's Friday. I hope you guys have had a great week. We've got one more day to go as we roll into our weekend, and I hope the Lord blesses you today. We are in the Gospel of John, and we see a story today that confuses some readers, but we're going to work through it very slowly. So let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray, and then we'll dive right into it. This is John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Let's pray together. Our Lord in heaven, as we look at this passage today, we pray the same prayer we always pray. Lord, let your Holy Spirit go before us like a lamp. Let it light up our feet as we walk through this passage. We want to see it clearly. We want to see your Son more clearly. We want to see ourselves more clearly in light of your Scripture. So, Father, that's a prayer today, and we ask that you will answer it. As our prayer rises to your ear, hear us, and please, please make it happen. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, the reason I said this passage sometimes confuses readers is because if you know anything about the gospel stories, you know that this story doesn't happen until Jesus comes into the triumphal entry. When he rides in and everyone hails him, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory in the highest. And then the next day he clears the temple. So why is John including it so early in his gospel? Well, the simple answer is Jesus did it more than once. One of the things that marks John's gospel, and if you've heard this before, we get this from John's gospel, Jesus's ministry is about three years long. If you read the other gospels, you'll actually have a very difficult time finding how in the world we come up with that number three years. But in John's gospel, in his story, he records Jesus going up for Passover three separate times. And so we kind of see the years of Jesus's ministry. Jesus has just began his ministry. He's in his first year. This is his first time going up to the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And as he walks in, he clears the temple. He will do this again after the triumphal entry. There is no triumphal entry right now. Jesus is just coming like a normal Jew into the temple, just like many, many Jews from all the surrounding area are coming into the city to celebrate Passover. If you forgot what Passover is, let me give you a quick reminder. The Passover is a celebration that Jews celebrated, marking the anniversary of the atonement and the rescue that God delivered his people out of in the land of Egypt, way back in the book of Exodus. In Exodus, of course, there's all the curses from God on the uh, Egyptians and Pharaoh, and the last curse, the last plague, is where we get the Passover story. The Lord's Spirit will hover over the houses and it will kill the firstborn of every household, except for those houses whom the blood of a lamb is written on their doorpost. In those houses, 
the Spirit of the Lord will pass over. It's from this story that we get the idea of the Passover lamb, that the wrath of God will pass over those for whom the blood of the lamb has been spilled. Jews for centuries celebrated this. Actually, for a long time, they didn't. But in the Old Testament, we see that Josiah brings it back. And here in Jesus's time, they're celebrating it in Jerusalem. So now let's jump into our story. Jesus enters in Jerusalem. He goes into the temple. And what does he see there? It's probably something he's seen before, but now he's outraged about it. And it's not the idea that these people are selling and trading with extremely high prices, and that's why he's mad. It's how they're selling. It's why they're selling. It's where they're selling. This is a house of worship. It is the place where the glory of the Lord is supposed to be resting. And yet, it's been turned into something it's not. It's a store rather than a house of worship. Jesus makes a whip of cords and he drives out all of these wicked people from the temple. And he looks at them and he says, this is my father's house. And my father's house is not a house of trade. You almost get the implication there that when Jesus says my father, he's not saying our father. He is kicking them out of the house of worship. Jesus is drawing a very clear line in the sand friends, I want us to think carefully about how we can apply this passage. I've heard some things before. I know growing up, there was some big debate in my church about whether or not we could sell things in the church, if it was okay to have people have a booth up to sell books or whatever. That's not the point of this passage. The point of this passage is that the church must operate like the church. It's not supposed to be something that it isn't. It is supposed to be a house of worship. There is no worship going on at this temple at the moment. It's been turned into a den of robbers and thieves. But here's the good news. Jesus came to die for the robbers and thieves, and he will provide a way for them. But it's not this way. And that is why Jesus gets so angry. The disciples very, very accurately quote this passage from, I hate saying obscure psalm, but it's not one that rolls off of our tongue, from Psalm 69 where it says that the zeal of the Lord will be over him. It will consume him. For a very short time when I was a little kid, my family was Jehovah Witnesses, believe it or not. And it was actually through Jehovah Witnesses that we were led to the Lord because Jehovah Witnesses do a great job at knowing their version of the Bible. And I remember hearing growing up when we were with the Jehovah Witnesses, this phrase all the time, love what God loves, hate what God hates. Now, the Jehovah Witnesses get a lot of things wrong, but on this thing, they got it right. The zeal of the Lord consumes Jesus here. The love of the Lord's house consumes him, and it drives him to kick out these wicked money changers. A simple illustration I heard about this passage that is really good to explain Jesus's anger here is simple. If you're a husband, well, even if you're not a husband, you will understand this illustration, and you're laying in your backyard enjoying the sun, drinking some lemonade, and somebody comes into your backyard and starts just degrading your wife, yelling at her, making fun of her. She starts crying. And you lay back and just simply say, I love her. I'm consumed with my love for her. She knows I love her. A lot of people would be unconvinced of your love for your wife in that moment. 
Instead, your love drives you to action. It's a different kind of anger than you not getting your way. And that's what Jesus is displaying here. His love, his zeal for the house of the Lord has consumed him. And he cannot sit idly back and do nothing. He must act. And so he drives out the wickedness. He returns God's house of worship for a brief moment back into what it's supposed to be. My friends, as we go today and we think about this passage and we try to apply it to our lives, let us think about our worship for our God. Is it what it is supposed to be? Have we turned it into something that it's not? The Lord himself has prescribed the way that we should worship him. Have we made up our own rules? Have we imposed our own laws? Have we shortchanged our God in how we worship him? Do we come to him humbly? And do we get outraged and righteously angry when the Lord is robbed of his worship? Let me close us in prayer. Our Lord in heaven, as we go into our weekend with these words on our minds, Lord, help prepare our hearts for worship. Help us to think about this coming Lord's Day, how we come to your house with hearts that are so wayward sometimes. Father, we ask your help this weekend as we think about the Lord's Day. Lord, help us think about our schedule. Help us to get to bed on time Saturday night. Help us to wake up Sunday morning and get our affairs in order so that when we arrive at the Lord's house, our hearts are there. Not like these robbers and thieves whose hearts were not for the Lord, but for their own gain. Lord, convict us of sin if it be there. Search us and know us, O God, and show us our wicked ways so that we may repent and please our God. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you on Monday.